Hey everyone, Justin here with HuntLink by Serviceside. I am joined on the mic today by Paul. Paul is the owner of Odin's Innovations. Paul, I probably gave you the wrong title there. I'll let you correct me, but how are you doing today? I'm great, Justin. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing fairly well. I am weekend ready. Um, it is Friday. I uh, Even though the the life of us um you know our type of people really doesn't have a day off i do try my best to to do the family thing and the chores and all that stuff so i'm definitely weekend ready for sure <laughs> all right well you keep your balance in your life it's hard to do it definitely is but you just gotta take it one day at a time um so paul we wanted to get you on here because you have in very unique product um something that was actually brought to my attention by one of our fellow service side members jonathan um you know he reaches out to me from time to time um when he kind of sees something in a you know innovative or or something that he thinks that maybe i may not know about well he definitely hit the nail on the head with this one i started digging into the site and was like i definitely gotta get you on here to kind of educate kind of share with us exactly what this product is um, and how it can be used in the hunting industry. Um, but I'll kind of let you start off here by just, you know, a little icebreaker. Tell us a little bit about yourself um, and um, how you kind of got started into this. Well, and I, a little bit about myself is I'm, I'm a serial entrepreneur. Um, I... I love the opportunity to identify needs and look at new technology, look at new ways we can bring a product to market that has value. Um, my my interest has always been ways to been I've always been in developing innovative products or services. The, the idea of being a in a commodity product where all you can do is scream louder or price it lower or right. do the waves of BS, then that, those are never fun. So we, we truly try and bring something with a, a value proposition to it. Uh, but that's what I've done most of my life. I think I've just done employable. So to create opportunities, I seem to have to start companies. Now, what is Odin's Innovations? Um, when you say what is it, um, it's, it's many things. Uh, first of all, it's, we are at our core, our products are set delivery tools. So when you think about, um, people seem to categorize this as a, an attractive company or is a set company. But when you step back, um, we are really a set delivery tool. Uh, and then there's a variety of scents required or useful in many, many parts of our lives. Um, our focus was on the hunting industry um, because as a whole, the, the hunting industry and embrace technology, if you look at bows and arrows and sights and but in the sit category, every on the pro every product on the market was only slightly repackaged. Uh, but there's not a lot you can do, period. So there aren't a lot of opportunities. 
So we set out to introduce something that was better, something that could use benefit from new technologies and something that could work to provide a value um, and value is not only function, but also price. Um, and so that that's where we look at we're a delivery system. Um, at the core of the delivery system is, is a biodegradable polymer. Uh, the technology uh, we developed is a polymer that absorbs liquid. Um, so of course we put scented liquids in it. Um, by the use of the technology, it allows us to infuse scents into the material. And then the characteristics of the polymer, the scents are released over an extended period of time. Um, we have the product tested at a chemical lab that reports from the field just weren't good enough. And uh, so we had it proven that it's over 30 days by the chemical lab. And a, another very important characteristic of this material is that it's impervious to moisture, so it can rain, doesn't soak into the ground, or if it's covered by snow, it starts working whenever it's exposed to the air. So that that is really what we sell. And again, we just, we applied it to the hunting industry to infuse scents such as earth for cover sets, citronella, to keep mosquitoes away when you're turkey hunting, fishing, or just hanging out, trying to cook out on your barbecue. Then of course, there's, everybody thinks about the Dolan Estrus and Dominic Buck, scrape blends, lure scents of apple, acorn, etc. And the core of our products is delivering those scents to whatever the application is best served. That, that's what our products are. Now, did you, um, when you started, I guess, deciding to get into the hunting industry, did you kind of have other avenues you had kind of thought of with this particular, I guess, um, the technology? Yeah. Yes. And there's, and those, those other ideas are still on the table. Um, what I looked at in the hunting industry is some part of the board of directors of the company I worked with developing the polymers. Uh, they were hunters and they thought, well, look at this. Let's, and they put Doe and Estrus in it and found it to work extremely well. Um, when we stepped back and looked at the space, Again, it was it was one that embraced technology in many ways, but no changes had happened um, for years and years other than repackaging things. So we just saw it as an interesting opportunity that we could truly bring value, bring something different. And we looked when we looked at the cost structure, we knew we could do it economically and do it well. So that was why our focus was there first. And I mean, you guys have, I'm, I'm over here looking on the website now. I mean, you guys have all types of different uh, 
scents and beads. So it looks like you have, like you had mentioned, most of your typical, you know, acorn, apple, cherry, things like that, donut. Um, and then you also have your, your dominant buck, your estrus, uh, things like that. Um, and then I see that you have, you know, a few other hunting related items on here. But what made you, where did the name kind of come from? <laughs> now, when I was thinking of the name, um, <laughs> the story is that um, part of what I do to for enjoyment is I, I volunteer at the School of Entrepreneurship at the universities, and just because I love entrepreneurs and young people with new ideas. And so I called a group of the entrepreneurs and professors together and said, okay, here's what I'm going to focus on. And one of them thought, well, we should call it Uncle Paul's Innovations. I said, well, that's not, that's not going to work. So I went to a baby naming site asking, look, and I just Googled boy names meaning hunting. And Odin's came up. And Odin's is the uh, god of the hunt. And I thought, well, that's cool. All right, that's something unique. Um, has a, you can do a good marketing around it, and it ties back to hunting. So that's how we settled on that name. Oh, that's no, I love that. And you know, I, I had to bring that up because it's it was the first I'd seen something like that, and I was like, that is, um, you know, I knew Odin was you know the hunting or the the god of of you know hunting or whatever and uh, outdoors, and uh, that's definitely uh, a unique name for a unique product so it kind of goes hand in hand there well then it, it it can be it's simple it's connected odin is the god of the wild hunt i think is the technical description um and i think it's serious enough it's not oh some of the names are such junior high school locker room descriptions i didn't want to have anything to do with that right so this was i thought a fun way to build a product associated with the outdoors now um how do you go about selling your product uh that's that was something we we put a lot of thought into our distribution channel um, so it, it starts with making the decision of how do you want to be presented to the consumer. Um, we chose, as the expression is, a road less traveled. Um, we focus, since our technology is different, it's unique. You look at a bead, it lasts for 30 days. There's, there's so many new different things about it than what's on the shelves that we chose to go with independent uh, pro shops those companies um, that have staff and have relationships with their customers and they have the opportunity to have a conversation when somebody comes through and there's somebody there to answer the question what's this so we chose to go all of our dealers are independent pro shops, farm and ranch, or cooperatives. Uh, again, they, they don't overlap. They have unique market spaces. 
and they all have relationships with their customers. Uh, so that was that was the path we chose, and we're very committed to it. Um, the big box stores, for a business standpoint, could be big. I've set up 5,000 locations. Um, but I don't think it's as enjoyable. I've always been independent. Um, it's sustainable business as we grow dealers. And again, I'm independent. I respect independence. And so we bring them a product that they can sell and make a fair profit and don't have to worry about somebody beating them up and margins in the market so there's there's i have a need for their whole culture to have a conversation and i think i bring value to them with a product where they can make a good profit and not worry about somebody undercutting them or losing value for them to take their time and energy put their time and energy you know, you don't see many, um, you know, and this obviously isn't a, a cheap shot at, at any type of company, you know, but you don't really see many, um, you know, owners of companies or, or people, you know, in the top chair that are kind of moving the pieces of how they want to do things and sell product and market and advertise. You know, I do know, especially being in the hunting space, there are a ton of people that, that have that as a, as a, I don't want to say niche, but do have that on their mind but it isn't a key focus so um, it's really uh, almost a breath of fresh air to hear you know someone out there like this is our goal this is our mission is to help you know obviously make money turn a profit get a good product out there etc but also to take care of you know the quote-unquote little guy um, you know that that has that personal relationship we were talking about you know last night at our bow shoot how um, we were all talking about you know your product there and it was just a you know a group of I think there was eight or nine of us um, small local shop in the in the middle of nowhere I think that the closest shop to us is probably a good hour without traffic so um, you know we had talked about that and it's just that that word of mouth is just so authentic and and um, it just resonates a lot further because when I first originally saw his shop, I walked through and I'm like, oh, hey, what's this? And, you know, I haven't seen this and kind of what's your margins on this? And I'm kind of walking through um, and chatting with him. You know, I could just picture now seeing the the Viking head on the wall and, and me being like, wait a minute, what's uh, Odin's innovation? What is that? Scent control? What is that? <laughs> well, then it's it. Over the years, I mean, this is the fifth business I've started. Um, and over the years, I've had independent dealerships for different products. Um, and I know the value the relationship, relationships can bring in, uh, in any consumer commercial engagement, if you will. Sometimes people will think I'm naive. Sometimes they define that naive as stupid. Um, to go the, the independent route when I could go big box. But our products are different. Um, so I need them. It's, it, I'm not limiting it to independent dealers just because 
core independent guy needs a product that the big box stores don't sell. Um, they're not core independent guys. They're smart businessmen with a set of nads on them that took them to take the risk. And I, I need their relationships and I need their interest. And I'm really glad that I have a unique product and by the nature of the technology, we can bring it to the market at a competitive price and leave a fair margin for the business there. So the, the pieces work, fit together well. It's, I, mean, I, I admit it's not a magnanimous position on my part of, by God, I'm going to help the independent guy. I think it's a great fit for truly mature and and uh, mature ongoing relationships that we can build on. You know, and what's crazy is, you know, we had talked about this, obviously not in this episode, but in a prior phone call, um, you know, about you not being a hunter. Um, and, you know, whether you participate in the outdoors or not, you are literally showcasing like what hunting is about from the standpoint of what a lot of us like to look at it as so you know especially here at service side you know we've always had them you know we've had our own tv show we've done the the big thing of of trying to you know play the social media game and and you know try to be big and bad and all this stuff and then we came to evolve over time you know we've been over around over a decade so we we evolved with that to really cater to our specific group our members um you know currently we have over a thousand but you know as we continue to grow we wanted to make sure that we were giving them them focus and we weren't just you know being a conglomerate of bringing people in you know one question i get all the time is well wait you started in 2011 how come you only have 1000 members and i'm like well that's out of choice um, we could easily, you know, dump some dollars into marketing and or get in a big box store, or, you know, hire a, a few dozen good salesmen to pedal across the country and, and get us in certain areas. But that our team wouldn't benefit from that. Um, and that's one of our main focuses. So I definitely can, you know, understand that perspective of it. And it's just crazy hearing it from someone that, you know, doesn't hunt because that's what hunting is all about is yeah you know you do you know hunt your quarry and and you know whether you do it for sport or, or food or or whatever the reason you do it for is um at the end of the day the we consider the quote-unquote true hunters and the people that understand what hunting is about are those people that understand about the you know you don't always need to give everyone you know so much of a, a leg up isn't what it's about it's just putting it out there to create those one-on-one relationships showcasing you know culture camaraderie um, community, things like that, you know, money comes and goes, um, you know, like I said, we could easily dump and have 5,000 members here in service by the end of the year. I have no doubt about it. Um, but who really wins from that? You know, you can, you get a quick dollar and there's no strong relationships. There's no loyalty. There's no, uh, you know, me going to the local bow shop and meeting up with 10 local guys, you know, and having the conversation we had last night, you know, you know, those it's interesting the the re reaction I get many times from you don't hunt um, and it's I've learned a lot in our six years in conversations like this I love getting on the road talking to dealers I have a lot of friends that hunt 
and I really believe that it has helped me help me not by not bringing habits and perceptions and predetermined priorities um, to the market. Um, it's it's shown itself in many ways where I can look at it as how do I bring value to my customer? My my job is yes, I founded the company, but I'm really a marketing and product development nerd. I mean, I just love tearing it apart and saying, "What do you guys need?" There's, I don't know how many times I've had dealers say, "You know what we need is this," but you can't do it. It's like, eh, wait a minute, give me about thirty days and I'll get back to you. Um. The technology allows us to do so many different things that I really I don't have any clouded visions because I don't have any habits and, and history. Um, again, a lot of friends hunt. My dad didn't hunt. Doesn't not surprising that I don't. <laughs> um, but love. I love digging into stuff and peeling back the onion. So I'm able to do that. And it's, it's always funny when they, someone says, well, you know, that'd be great. You can't have no one to do it. It's like, eh, you just give me a minute. <laughs> Something, many times you're right. Many times we surprise the hell out of them. And it's like, God, that's pretty cool. So now, Paul, I guess let's let's jump into the nitty gritty here of what is the difference between you know your product and Sentinel and Lores like your your average, you know, you know it's a million of them we can name off, but yeah. you know what would be your difference there? I, I think at the core the difference is the biodegradable polymer. We have we have technically the ability to absorb a liquid set. And then that gives us the ability to infuse it with whatever set we need. Um, the the marketplace that's current offers offerings is I referred to earlier is okay. So it's dopey. Well, what really? What can you do with dopey? There's not a lot you can do back with it. So our biodegradable polymer is the key differentiator. Um, I believe the synthetic scents are a key differentiator, and we can talk about that more. Um, the, the fact that it is impervious to rain. So I, as you look at how people, how hunters and we'll talk about melodestics, how they use it. Well, they historically, they pour it on the ground, and if they're driving back home and it starts raining, then they can just pretty much figure whatever they just poured out isn't going to do them any good by morning, and ours will continue to work. Um, we have the ability to hang it, put it in a mesh bag, and hang it on a tree if you're doing public land, and you can take it with you. You can leave a little trail with it and it'll be there for a long time. Um, so that's that's with 
the beads and the polymer. Then as we continued to develop synthetic scents, then we looked at other ways to deploy it. So again, our company, what we do is deliver scents. Is we developed uh, oil-based scents where you can squirt, if you will, the liquid out. Uh, it doesn't last 30 days, uh, but it does last seven to 10 days because of the oil base doesn't soak in. And so again, we're bringing value by putting it in a biodegradable delivery, being an oil, oily, but it's natural and biodegradable again. And it will coat the leaves, it will coat, it'll hang on tree bark as it branches, and it will stay on the surface of the ground even when it, when it rains. And if, if you get a deluge of rain, it may be so spread out. It's still there, but it may be so spread out, it, it's hard. It doesn't do as much concentrated scent release, but our scents are pretty strong. So we still feel it's doing a good job. So that, that's really the difference is just, let's, let's just not rebrand something. Let's improve its performance. Um, we are focused on biodegradable. Uh, in fact, we trademarked better than we found it. So we don't leave any hangers or, or wire or cotton beads. Or, we don't, there's nothing left after a hunter's been there and deployed our sets in four to six months, there's actually absolutely no sign that the hunter's even been there. So we like that. We like that we, Mother Nature is a precious commodity to me, so I'm glad we don't leave any sign of our presence. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a, that's a huge thing. Plus, I mean, us being, you know, you know, lovers of nature, um, but also the aspect of um, the legal aspect. Um, you know, a, a lot of states um, they don't they don't allow quote unquote baiting lures, scents, things like that, due to the fact of whatever the reason is. There's a lot of different. Each state almost has its own reason, whether it's you know CWD being spread or it's you know X Y Z, whatever the case may be. They you know fair chase whatever. Um, they, they have that, but a lot of those revolve around, you know, it has nutritional value or, or salt. So I, I take it your products don't have any of that in it being synthetic. Right. We have, and I've learned from, again, we will, we spend time on the phone talking to law enforcement at DNR and you're right. Each state's a little different on how they define it. Um, Salt is something that, or the occurrence of salt is something that comes up in, I don't know, maybe only 15 or 20% of the states. Um, but again, ours doesn't have any in it. Uh, being synthetic, it's no nutritional value. Um, it's not intended to be eaten. And everybody can say, well, sure, I mean, they can rip out it's a small bead and they certainly could um, 
four years ago, we did a six-month field test with trail cameras. And I think we set up eight different locations, and we absolutely found no evidence of the bees being eaten by deer or, or field mice or raccoons or anything else. Oh, wow. I mean, if you don't have raccoons jumping on it, then you know you're good. <laughs> it, it's interesting. It attracts them. It's real, we, we, we use trail cameras. Well, we've got 15, 18 of them now. Um, and a lot of, there's a lot of raccoons that come that are in the shots, uh, but they never eat anything. It's just they're just as small in the way they they fall on the ground or when we're using the liquid they just they're they're not consumed so again that that's good in that they will continue to work uh but also from a regulatory standpoint we're compliant we've had some people that say well god if i mix it in with my corn it's like no don't mix it in you're 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 muting the, the value because then it's going to end up being eaten and why buy something that'll last 30 days if somebody's if it get, gets eaten into yeah that doesn't that's yeah that so, wouldn't be the play there it'd be more so put yeah. your bait down and then you if you want to use it put it on a tree branch or, or something out of the way yeah yeah let it complement others but don't mix it well, too, how are you, you know, this is one thing I tell people, I do a lot of product testing. I actually don't do it in the hunting space. I actually just do it personally because I'm, I'm a curious person. I like to see, okay, this person says they're great. Let's just check it out and see what's going on. I live in an area where animals don't follow the book like a lot of other states. They are, uh, they'll surprise you very often when it comes to deer, pigs, and, and turkeys, um, and, and on many different levels, but uh, one of the things I notice is, you know, how are you supposed to really understand, like, okay, this product really has, you know, let's just take hogs, for example. I do a lot of hog hunting. You know, I'm bringing in a, a, a pack of hogs every single night after I've had this on the tree, and then let's say I put the bait down, and maybe they send a scout pig out every week to see if there's food, and then they'll go get um, the herd and come back. So how are you really supposed to know if a product's working if you're mixing and, and matching and, and putting something with something else? I like to see what's happening and then if I have to complement something later down the line to maybe maybe keep that spot a little hotter for whatever reason it may be, um, then I could think about mixing and matching but definitely wouldn't want to, uh, you know, like you said, something that lasts 30 days and you're mixing it into something that's going to be gobbled up in, in 14 minutes. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I, I don't learn anything. We got too many variables being tested. It's like, well, which one made a difference there? You know, it, it's interesting. You, you talk about pig hunting, boar hunting. And you may help me with this. We came out with some scents specifically for boar hunting, really sweet ones. And from the dealer viewpoint, they really don't have much demand. He goes, there's so damn many pigs to just walk out and shoot them. I was like, well, okay. Um, not being a pig hunter myself, I didn't know how to present to them, well, if you had this, they could do this. But I think that's a big market opportunity. And here, here's a great opportunity for me to learn something from you. So we can have that conversation another time. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, when it, when it comes to pigs, I've – 
you know, I do use um, a scent um, from another company. It's it's uh, it really almost reminds me of like a simple syrup or something. Is it, I'm probably completely off on it. That's just what me uneducated of it you know looks at it as and it really brings in the pigs and, the, and there are a lot of pigs especially when you get those um, southern states or, or states that have you know large densities of them but um, one thing I one of the reasons I even got into more of a scent type scenario as opposed to baiting was for one I don't like carrying 50 pound bags of corn into the woods um, you know for an animal um, I'll be honest with you, like I love to hunt and all that other stuff, but I've never, and I don't knock it, it doesn't matter to me, but I've just never been a real huge like bait type guy. Um, I just always, you know, bait type hunter, I just always enjoy the, you know, lures and, and scents and things like that. Can this be carried on the wind and trick this animal into possibly coming in for, for whatever um, you know, scent I'm using, but the thing about it is when you do complement certain areas and you try different products out such as yours, cause I'm going to, I'm going to get some, um, to see what it does with the pigs. But one thing I noticed about that other one was it had them coming in more regularly to see what was going on because the, you know, the scent is so strong. So if you're, you know, if Odin's has a, a pretty potent smell, um, and I mean, I live in a large vegetation type state. So for scent to travel like that, um, I really get to test products, so I'll definitely let you know how it does for sure. Well, I look forward to that. This is the, now, the, the, the interaction with the marketplace is where new ideas come from, so great. Appreciate it. Now, I know I did have this written down here. One of the questions I, I noted to ask was, you know, why you had decided to to use synthetic scents. I feel like you, you touched on that. Did you want to elaborate any more on that, or you feel like we covered it pretty well? Oh, that, no, I, I, there is more to it, and it's built over the six years. I think mm. that at, at the beginning, when we introduced synthetic sense, it was pretty controversial. Um, and, I, and I think first, it was different. So when you look at the consumer and the hunter, it's just different. Uh, and then next, it was... The consumer, the hunter, felt like they were being told what to do. It's like, what do you mean I can't use natural go-yen? Well, hell, I can't too. So, I mean, we're we're an in, we're a nation of independent people. Uh, so I found that five years ago when I introduced synthetic, the first year we had natural. Uh, the second year, I introduced synthetic, and there was resistance. Uh, again, the unknown and being told what to do. Um, but the, the regulations are what really created the initial demand. Um, some people thought it was fake. Uh, and it's interesting when you step back to see really what it is. I mean, the the number one motor oil for NASCAR racers is synthetic oil. And it's, it's synthetic versus real. Synthetic is just a better way to, to bring consistency, the efficacy of the product. I found, I mean, there is a process to that's infusing the scent into the beads. And I found that with synthetics, it infused at a consistent and predictable rate that I had a certain level of saturation in the beads that I knew it could last 
30 days or more with natural sense it's like I, I don't know you they say they touch the urine at the peak at its peak well I don't know mother nature's pretty difficult and I, I don't know how you can outsmart it so I don't know if you how you catch it at the peak synthetic I can make it the same what I make last year will be the same as what I make next year and my finished products are predictable and will perform the same way um, they don't mold they don't sour they don't age I don't have to keep them in a refrigerator and then I think we need to consider and by the way they're legal in 50 states but it's I'd rather look at synthetics as on the offense of the value it brings, not on the defense, is some politician is telling me I can't use real. Well, okay. I mean, that aside, it's just a better, it's just a better, better product to produce a finished product with, I think. Yeah, I mean, it definitely sounds like it cuts a lot of that. You know, when you look at it from a, like I said, that's where, this is the time where you kind of have to set aside um, emotion and you know, I don't want to say lack of education, but not ed really educated on something to, you know, science. And at the end of the day, less variables with unknown, you know, like you said, you know, I don't know the science behind how that stuff is harvested and all that. So I won't even pretend to act like I do know. Um, but I do know common sense, which is, you know, yeah, okay, I harvested this at its peak. Well, do you have, did your watch go off? You know, did you have a calendar where every single year this specific dough or this specific buck on your place or farm or where, however you do your, um, your scent, do you, you know, do you have it set where you know exactly that animal's biological? It's just a whole lot of areas. And, and maybe they do. May I don't know. Maybe maybe they maybe they go out there and they do have some type of, of test or whatever and, and that they can run. I don't I don't know, but it seems like this definitely is a, a um I don't want to say a safer bet, but just more of a, a less variables to worry about, you know, because it is synthetic. Well, I mean it comes down to the efficacy of predictable finished product, controllable finished product. Um, I don't know. I, I choose not to mess with Mother Nature. But, um, when a doe goes into estrus, it, what's the temperature? What's the level of stress? What have they been eating? What's going on around them? Like, I don't know. I sure like the ability to just make it. Um, and it. And it gives me a, a great workbench, if you will, for developing other products. Um, for, for example, we introduced um, molasses. And not just molasses, um, but it's, it's blackstrap molasses. And when you do your research of what, and in this case it was bare, and then that segued into deer and other animals, but a, a blackstrap molasses is a, a molasses that, if, if you went to the grocery store, you went to a store to buy cooking products, well, you can buy molasses, or blackstrap molasses is molasses that has been boiled longer, and the finished result is it's stronger and a little more bitter. 
So with a synthetic, I can just scientifically change the characteristics of, okay, I don't want molasses, I want flexstrap molasses. And and we're able to do it instead of if I was trying to do every everything natural, it's like, well hell, so I'm gonna have to boil all this and then do this and then do that. Um, same thing with like vanilla. We've tested vanilla. Well there's vanilla and then there's vanilla extract and there's but we have the workbench to modify it to match the nuances of the prey we're trying to attract. And again, it's interesting that the more bitter smell of uh, the blackstrap molasses was more effective than molasses. And so again, we can do it. And it's, it's, it's a great workbench for current, future, continual product development and improvement. Uh, it just gives us a, a much better, again, workbench to develop these things. For sure. Now, I notice you have seasonal products. Tell us a little bit about what, what the idea is behind behind that. Um, the, the seasonal idea was well, I guess we're allowed to look at it like seasonal because we're a delivery vehicle. We're not a deer attractant. Um, when I when I look at the different categories and times of the year, it just kind of naturally fell into into place. That in the spring, what sense does my market need? Well. Mosquitoes are coming out. Turkey hunters start in the May, middle of May. So how do we make them more comfortable? Well, we do citronella that keeps the mosquitoes away. Um, and then also you've got your hunting gear. So earth scent, so you can treat your gear mid-season. So you're ready to go hunting and know that the scents are, the human scents are out of it. Um, in the summer, it's lure scents. So that's when you're out targeting your, your targeted prey. You want to put your trail cams out. You want to see where they are. So over the summer months, um, for, a, for a hunter, we're trying to identify patterns and populations and what potential targeted prey could be out there. Uh, plus, throughout summer, there's still all those damn mosquitoes. Um, and then in the fall, obviously the pheromones, uh, but don't lose track of that before the rut starts, deer season is open before the rut, before the pheromones will influence or interest the deer. So, but they're still eating. So the, the lure scents of apple, acorn, et cetera, are still productive for harvesting before the rut starts. And by by creating spring, summer, fall, different seasons, um, it gives us the latitude to, to display that we're a scent company, not a deer scent company. Uh, since we're going through independent dealers, it gives us the opportunity from, from their business standpoint is we can create revenue 
over a longer period of time. Instead of four months, it's eight months or nine months. So we can become more valuable business partners. And from those three segments, there are timelines. And each one of them, we can look at different development opportunities for new products and new ideas. You know, I was looking at your, your uh, the Citronella, and what's crazy is, is you know, to the con the competitive price. So I was just thinking in my head of how how much money I've spent on on thermocell cartridges, and um, you know we don't really know the effects um, of you know breathing in. I don't know if you know a lot about it, but it pretty much puts off a um, a smoke and it and it keeps bugs away. Um, but you breathe that in. Um, you know I'll sit there for ten to twelve hours at a time. Uh, you know, and you can breathe it in and you can feel it, you know, on your skin and, and things like that. And I'm sure it's not good for you, but the price of it, you know, I'm looking at your bottle of citronella here and it looks like you can put it in a mesh bag and hang it near you. You can spray it on the ground. You can spray it in the trees around you, which is obviously the exact same um, concept as a thermocell, but without the smoke. Um, and, um, you know, it's made with natural essential oils. So we're not, you know, putting DEET on our skin. Um, and then the, the citronella is a fun one. Uh, put it in the mesh bag, hang it in your, hang it next to you, hang it in your blind. And when you leave, just put it, it since it lasts 30 days, it's really lasting, what's the math, 720 hours. So if you're in your blind, the only time the scent is released from the bead is when it's exposed to air. So if you're in your blind for nine hours, and then when you leave, put it in a plastic bag, you roll it up and, and ziplock it, if you will, and the, the clock stops. I mean, so you could be using that same citronella in a blind for four months, eight hours at a time. Um, plus the fact is just, I've always been a little uncomfortable taking anything hot into the woods there's an awful lot of fuel out there so i like the idea that we don't create any heat uh, so we we, we think, again we think it brings great value to consumers oh for sure for sure it, it definitely does um i i wasn't aware that you could almost close it off like that with the air that is even better i mean that's a Literally, you can almost cut it off. I see you also have cartridges, cartridges that it looks like you can spray. Um, so you got, I mean, you got the full setup here of not just the product, but ways to disperse it um, without leaving any trace. It's interesting. We were we kind of stepped back from that, I don't know, probably sixty days ago. It's like, well, wait a minute, we're the newest company on the market, but we have we have the broadest product offering of anybody in the industry from delivery systems and scents and number of SKUs. It's like, well, I'll be damned. Just kind of evolved there, not intentionally, but responding to market requests and market interests. And again, from our manufacturing capabilities of predicting what we're going to end up with it just allows us to be pretty nimble and then we go to hell all of a sudden we already do we have more than anybody else yeah it's, it's definitely a large it's it's over 
just on on the um, the liquid sense which I was looking at was over two pages um, of products and then the it looks like you have the the bead sense which is a uh, also a couple pages well in the we introduced three new liquid scents, persimmon, uh, molasses, and anise only in liquid to test the market, to see how it responds, etc. But before we release anything, we, we test it in manufacturing to make sure that, okay, if the consumer market wants it in the beads, we'll put it in the beads. Um, so we could all those could be in, in, in the beads next year. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. Um, the market says we'd like to do that, then we know we can do it. And I plan on that whole list of products being pretty, pretty flexible, flexible that we're gonna add things. When the market says, let's do this, and as we grow, we can be geographically centric too, um, where we can pick smaller market demands and still provide a solution economically. Because if somebody wants a hundred bottles of a liquid, we can do it. Now I wouldn't in general, but they could. I mean, we could. So we could be we could go from hundred bottles to. Five thousand bottles. If, if the market's there and demand there, I welcome anybody and any of my customers or anybody listening to this. If you got an idea, send it to me. I love hearing new ideas and thoughts. What would you say is your number one seller right now? Uh, number one is going Estes. Um, number two is Apple. Number three is Scrape. Um, as the as the seasonality of it kicks in, the other scents are selling more and more. The acorn is is kind of regional. Uh, the cherry pie that was one I introduced for boar hunters and it turned out you just you're gonna go out and shoot them. Maybe something you can try. But the jelly donut did great for bear hunters. So as that market learns more about us, I'm seeing those sales pick up. Um, so again, some of these won't be near as big as sellers, but we like being thought of as the one that has the family sense to go give it a shot. Yeah, well, I mean, it's good to be universal. That's that's something I actually had a conversation with um, a good friend of mine that that does sense and his do contain um, you know things that he can only use in certain states. But he uh, that was that was one of the things. I'm like, why would you don't ever put yourself in a you know small category? So if you're just making baits, uh, bear sense, well, bears and hogs are attracted to almost the exact same things. Um, they where you find bear if there's bears and hogs in an area. You'll typically find bears and hogs in the same area, and then deer won't typically be in that area. Um, they like to avoid bears and, and hogs, um, you know, for whatever reasons, you know, for that state, whether it's, you know, they're predators or, you know, just eating all the food sources. But um, same with deer. When I find large populations of deer here um, in the swamps, typically there's not a lot of bear or hog sign in the area. So they, they generally stay away from each other. So 
Um, I do have always noticed that when I'm in states that have bear and hog hunting, um, you can almost be expected to find them in the same areas, eating the same foods, attracted to a lot of the same stuff. Um, I don't know, you know, what how the similarities compare with their biology, but just they, they are similar in that aspect. And I've seen that in multiple states. So um, not just mine, but, you know, northern states, you know, Georgia, uh, Mississippi, things like that, too. So. And I've got some people that swear by peanut butter for deer as a deer lure. So it's like, okay, I wasn't <laughs> thinking deer, but they're areas that they, they love it and have proven harvest over it well i mean i guess too it just depends that area because you know i know someone that runs a bunch of peanut farms in georgia i could see a deer you know maybe being attracted to that taste if they're feeding in those peanut fields well isn't it funny the uh, everybody not everybody it, it is not difficult to find somebody who has an opinion on what works best Right. Um, so here's a family of scents. If you think they work in your area, great. You got an idea? Great. I had somebody yesterday saying uh, that they want to blend a couple of scents. And I'm like, I think the peanut butter with a little anise is going to work great. Fine. Take them out. Squirt them together and see what happens. Yeah, let me know. Our, our, our scrape blend is a blend of our dough and esters and our dominant buck. Uh, and that came from the field. They found that if you blended those, it offered a broader time window where it was effective. And you only need about an ounce or an ounce and a half because you're just using a little area. So again, those sometimes we can blend them together Take a squirt, put a little bit of this in it. You know, that's the great thing about experimenting, though, is because I've seen animals do one thing in one part of the country, not the other. Even down here, we always have an expression that the deer are rotting on one side of the river and not the other just because it's so, you know, sometimes animals can't be, you know, if, if it was so easy, everyone would be out there, you know, everyone would be out hunting and killing, you know, successfully, you know, successfully taking animals and, you know, big trophies yeah. and, and all that stuff. If it was that simple, um, but it's not simple, it's ever changing and evolving. So you have to say, okay, this works. I'm going to keep doing that. I was looking at the testimonials and a lot of the testimonials you have on your website kind of mention that like, hey, I noticed this animal was doing this. So I tried to cater to that with this scent, and then it paid off. Yeah. And it, we've got a couple of pro staff in Michigan, and they live 70 miles apart. And it's quite interesting that different products either knock it out of the park at one location 70 miles away, just not really doing much. It's like, really? 70 miles? where deer traffic will quadruple in in front of one of the trail cams after putting it down in the next the next location that really didn't seem to impact the traffic much at all like really okay and I, I don't know what it is you know how different can their can their needs be can that species needs be 
that close together. But again, it's, it, it was different. I, I can't give you the answer. I just know it's there, and, and our response to it is, okay, go try it over there. But maybe try this. Well, our, our, our breadth of products, you can go into a dealer or a website, and 15 bucks, you can try this set or that set and see what happens. Well, you know, at the end of the day, if you if you don't try, you, you're not going to know. And it's forever changing. Um, you know, every every area is different. Um, but you guys have a lot to throw at the, you know, you guys have everything in the kitchen sink to throw at it, it looks like. so. <laughs> yeah, with yet more to come. I don't know what it will be, but I got three or four I'm playing with right now. Well, I love, I love too, the, the synthetic aspect of it, of just like, you know, you can go into the laboratory and create which you may think is working like if i notice like you know one thing we'll have to we'll have to talk about here is uh um you know down here we have a ton of orange groves so i could definitely see something you know animals we call them hog oranges um they're pretty much oranges that only the hogs eat because they're too sour for people um and that's something that every year at that time you are guaranteed to see hogs and deer in those areas. It's really the only time I've seen hogs and deer feed together is when those hog oranges start dropping. Interesting. And we have them all over. I mean, I've been out in public land. I'm not exaggerating. I've been out six, seven miles before sitting in a tree stand. I'm kind of looking over to the left and I'm like, that looks like something orange in the tree. And I'm like, there is no way there's an orange tree out here. And I've gotten down, walked over to it, 50 60 oranges in a tree in the middle of nowhere has never been a house if anyone had ever planted anything back there it would have been way back in the 1800s um you know the government's owned that land for for a long time um definitely since the 1900s so it's it's you know would have been hundreds of years old um if it was happened to be planted out there um so it's it's you know utilizing your natural stuff that really only locals know um, you know what? It's not like I, I'm from Western Virginia. I'd never heard of a a fruit tree being wild in national forest that wasn't planted. Well, it, I kept hearing my dealers talk about persimmons. I'm yeah, in Kansas, so I'm going. What the hell is a persimmon? And you kind of look it up and where they're indigenous and what there is about them, and we were able to formulate a representation of persimmon scents. And the deers are going, oh, this is cool. This is great. Thanks. Um, maybe, who knows? Maybe the next one will be oranges. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, definitely going to talk we're, more about that. We're, we're going to have a hog orange. <laughs> there we go. In your honor. I'm telling you, it would it would probably it would probably work. And, and what I love about it is it's it's not baiting. There's no salt. <laughs> There's no yeah. nutritional value. So it's it's definitely something right. that we can see what you know how it works. That's right. It could. So we're coming on about an hour here. I did have another question for you here, Paul. It's something I, I really like asking um, any of our guests that we have on here just because the the type of club that we are here at Service Side, you know, we like to showcase, um, you know, companies such as yourself and really share that education and, and innovation with other with other people in a non-gimmick way. Um, but the great thing about it is, you know, this is something super unique. So we're, we're bringing to the table. But I always like to ask this question of what is your goal or mission for your company? And I think that the first thing is just provide products that work. Um, 
we're not going to be glitzy. We're not going to have sales phrases. So we just want products that work because people talk. And well, first of all, because it's the only ethical way to do it. Um, we want to bring, we want to offer products that bring more value than what is currently available. So how do I, you could, you've been buying product A for years, why would you buy Odin's? So I need to bring more value. Um, I love innovation. I, I just want to continue to innovate. I want to listen to our constituents, which are our customers, which are our dealers and consumers. Um, knowing full well that not all of them will be commercially successful, but I want to stay nimble enough to, to listen and try and embrace new. Um, we want to provide excellent customer service. Um, we acquired another company years, three years ago. Uh, we changed policy of just, if you say it doesn't work, then we'll fix it. I mean, it just go be over the top. We don't want to be our relationships will drive the decisions in our customer service, not the economics. Um, and then we want to be good corporate citizens. We want to be engaged in those things that are important to our customers. Um, donating raffle items uh, for veteran hunts, uh, donating sense of attractants for those providing hunts for the uh, disabled. Um, things we, we just, so we want to be a participant in the industry, not just a benefit, not just benefit from them, but let hopefully be a benefit to the entire industry and culture and support. So I think those, those are our missions and our guiding, our guiding principles, if you will. Well, I definitely think that people that have that type of um, outlook on it and, and almost like path, um, I think they do really well, especially in this type of space. Um, you know, one thing I've always told people, it's it's there's a lot of things that come and go. There's a lot of changes. Um, but if you treat people right, you continue to innovate, you continue to um, perfect your product and make sure that, that everyone has exactly what they're wanting and you know, fair competitive pricing and, and, and uh, you know, especially something new, you know, your, your spray, or I'm sorry, your, um, your scent bottle is going to last 30 days at the same price that I'm spending on something that I'm going to spray that's going to be washed away. Um, and I live in a state where it rains, you know, 200 days out of the, the 364. So, you know, sure, if I'm in a state where we get rain once a month, you know, maybe it's not going to matter as much to me. Um, but, you know, living in a state where, you know, you get used to rain here. Like, I hate rain. I don't, I understand how important it is um, when we need it and things like that. But I do not like being wet. Um, and that's a part of my life that I have to, to kind of deal with just because of the area that I live in. Um, and, you know, something like this is, is going to be able to um, cater to those types of people that that are in that same type of, of terrain um, you know and then a lot of, of public land spots that spot I told you I can't go you know I have a kid I have a family I have a job I can't go 
walk six, seven miles to my spot um, to continuously uh, refresh an area. Um, I would rather be able to say, hey, I got 30 days, start the clock now, you know, set a set a reminder to check back in in 30 days and then I can come back um, as opposed to, oh, it rained for three days. I got to hurry up and go freshen up the spot or, you know, it's not going to be worth me hunting. And you're not taking your human scent back into the area. Um, we have, we collect our field information with our pro staff on cellular trail cams. Um, so they can sit comfortably getting alerts. There's activity. We know what's going on. We know it's still working. And we don't have to go back out there. And our, our, 12 ounce bottles are a lot easier to carry than a 50 pound bag. You were right on that one. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely is. I'm, and it looks like you have a very um, pocket friendly design that you can just really just put it in your pocket. But the, the bottles, yeah, uh, the, the bottles of the beads were more, everybody's got a backpack. Um, so you just throw it in your backpack. Oh, for the beads, but the the, the actual squirt, um, spray or squirt bottle yeah. looks you know pretty, uh, you know looks like it would fit in the pocket or a or a pouch very easily. It's probably, yeah, it's probably backpack or back pocket friendly, and we we put a directional sprayer on it where you just squeeze it. But I'm really interested to hear how well it disperses the scent when we spray it across some bushes and let the wind blow. Um, so we got, I'm excited to get that more and more of that kind of feedback. Yeah, I'll definitely let you know. Um, so, Paul, that's all that I have for you. Where can our listeners uh, reach you, find your products at, um, or get in touch if they need to? Um, on our website, uh you can email us. It's I can help at Odin's Innovations. Uh, my email is Paul at Odin's Innovations. Uh, but I monitor the customer service because that's one of our pillars. So I, I answer all the I can help ones also. Um, on our website, you can also find a dealer. Put in the zip code. You can find a dealer near you. Uh, we encourage everybody to shop local, support our dealers. Um, if there's not one close to you, or there's not one that has the scent you want, then obviously you can get it from us on our website. Um, all the products are manufactured in the U.S. We have three different facilities, and it's all in the state of Kansas. Let's see. I think Philadelphia, New Jersey is the furthest away anything comes from. So we're all, we're all like pretty much Midwest company. Awesome. Awesome, man. Well, what I'll do, Paul, is I'll put this stuff in the show notes also um, so that the listeners here can find the products easily. And uh, I'm definitely going to bring it up to my local shop, uh, let you, you know, hook you guys up and let you guys chat it out and see if it, it works for y'all. But 
Um, I definitely appreciate you uh, taking the time to, to kind of educate us on this. And uh, we definitely look forward to um, hearing how it works this season. We'll have to get you back on when we when we start getting through bow season a little bit and maybe before rifle and, and kind of see how it's been working with your, you know, because it looks like a few of your customers are seasonal customers. So they, I'm sorry, are using it seasonally as customers. Um, so they're putting it out in the summertime. Um, so we'll get to see the results of that. Yep. We're, we're building, fortunately, fortunately it's building. Unfortunately, it just takes time. Uh, I appreciate you and, and giving us the opportunity to tell our story. Uh, we, we're very confident in, in the product. We're very respectful of our customers. And we just need to get more people to go, oh, what is that stuff? I better go look at that. So we look forward to, I, we appreciate the opportunity to, to talk to your your customer base. I guess starting with the eight guys last night, and we'll, <laughs> we'll grow from there, right? Yep, that's how you do it. It's a, it's, a, it's a wildfire. I tell people all the time, like, you don't start raging fires with throwing big logs on it. Um, you know, you, you, you have to break little twigs and, and get, you know, drier land and things and, uh, and, and slowly build that kindling. It, 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 it's hard to be realistic and impatient at the same time. But <laughs> we're trying. So it looks great. It looks great. I'm, I'm super excited to see it. Thanks so much for your time. I enjoyed the conversation. Sure, Paul. Well, you guys are listening to Hunt Link by Servicide. We will update the show notes for you so that you can check out these awesome products um, from Odin's Innovation. I'm going to put me an order in, um, so I'll also let you all know what I think. Um, as everyone knows, I'm big public land hunter. I do hunt some private, but I always give you the real feedback. Um, I do everything in real time, so I'll put it out there. You know, we'll we'll timestamp it, and we'll you know go off a of, you know trail cam photos that are also uh, also uh, timestamped. So super excited for it, Paul, and uh, we'll definitely get you on again. All right, thanks so much. Look forward to talking with you in the future. All right, we'll see y'all in the next one. All right, good luck to all of you.